Hello and welcome to Fidelity Connects, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast, connecting you to the world of investing and helping you stay ahead. Today on the show, we welcome Director of Emerging Technologies, John Bradley. He discusses the latest advancements in artificial intelligence and how Fidelity is leveraging it to benefit advisors and their clients. John goes over the various benefits of AI tools and how we can use them at Fidelity. AI allows for image and voice recognition, quicker and easier research, and automated processes for implementing data and making it easier to understand. A number of companies such as Adobe and Microsoft are providing AI tools, and as long as we can recognize the tools that are being received positively and why, we can work to apply them advantageously. John discusses AI's ability to create faster content delivery, mitigate risks, assist in healthcare, education, entertainment, and more. In many of these cases, AI can be used to speed up various processes, provide a higher level of quality review, and generally assist in tasks that could be more easily performed by a program and its tools. John says it is still incredibly important for us to stay up to date on the AI trends and news to properly understand the technology so we can apply it and ensure future success. This podcast was recorded on January 17th, 2024. Hi, John. Great to see you. Hi, Pamela. Thanks for having me. Yeah, a delight. Really glad that you could share some time with us here today. Let's let's begin with a little bit about what you do in a day in the life, a little bit of John Bradley. Um, You're at Fidelity and you're making sure that you know what's out there on behalf of Fidelity. Expand on that for us. Absolutely. So I have the privilege of being able to lead an internal team of technology consultants. And so we specialize in three verticals. Uh, We look at automation, we look at emerging technologies research, and we also look at artificial intelligence. So in terms of a day-to-day, you know, what's the average day look like? The wonderful thing about my job is it's always different. So we're looking at various projects, various technologies, assessing them to determine how are they going to benefit both Fidelity clients as well as our internal stakeholders. So it changes from day to day, but we're focused in those three main areas of automation, research, and artificial intelligence. Fantastic. Um, So in terms of delivering solutions and things that that you want to make sure that that clients have ultimately within how they invest and what they're offering to clients, give us a little bit of a pricey, and it can be broad, but just on how AI comes into the story, because we're going to focus in a bit on AI here today specifically. What, what is it that is gives us a, a jump start a bit because of the development of AI? So artificial intelligence is special in the sense that it's a group of technologies that's looking to replicate human-like intelligence. And so when we think about artificial intelligence like that, it represents a set of tools that we can apply to the various challenges and processes that we uh, take on and it, you know every day. And so when we're thinking about applying artificial intelligence, we're really looking at those kind of pain points and the friction points both internally and externally and saying, well, how can artificial intelligence, how can we benefit from you know the, the skill sets that these tools are going to provide? And so in understanding what the problem statement is, what we're trying to achieve, We can then look to see what's available in the marketplace from an artificial intelligence tool, whether that's image recognition or content generation or, you know, data mining. We can leverage that uh, ability, apply it to our problem in order to help solve it uh, in an automated and efficient way. 
So if we think of, you know, one of the cases, so Fidelity uh, portfolio managers and research teams, analysts um, are following, obviously, lots of companies, lots of earnings reports, lots of calls that you got to be on, sometimes all at the same time, depending on how hot it is in earnings seasons. Again, how do, how do you sort of apply some of the things to make sure that you can create some of the data from companies, frankly? I mean, that, that must be one big piece, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's a great example that we're using internally um, on the emerging tech team to actually help us stay on top of all the trends that are going on, you know, with the vendors that we follow. So you could take that conceptually and apply it to things like equity research, following different types of stocks and companies. So the way that we're able to apply artificial intelligence to a problem statement like that is because there's so much news going on, data is being generated every day. It's almost insurmountable for somebody to individually and manually go through all of that information and looking for that needle in a haystack, it's almost impossible. And so what artificial intelligence and automation tools allow us to do is to automate that process. So we can go from, you know, upfront collecting all of that data in an automated way. So we're kind of centralizing all the information into one spot. And then, then once we have that information centralized, we can start to apply artificial intelligence tools to that data in order to automate the extraction of insights. So for example, we could apply things to that data set like ChatGPT and other AI models and you know, ask questions about that data to start pulling out relevant information. Now, whether that's positive sentiment news, negative sentiment news, if there's particular you know, keywords or phrases that are being um, spoken about, we can extract that information, and really distill it down to kind of a much more concentrated data source so then we can have our experts uh, analyze that, you know, extracted data to make decisions about what, you know, what new tool we're going to implement, what new technology we're going to adopt, or whether that's, you know, what company looks interesting, maybe from an investment standpoint. Okay. Okay. Take us there a little bit. So what, what tool might adopt? Just, just fan that out for us. So what are the options there? What's an example? In terms of a new technology that we may adopt? Yeah. Or in- mm-hmm. Like you, you've distilled, you've got perhaps uh, a greater grasp on, on the type of data and, and how you'd like to use it. You've distilled it down a bit. And then, then you sort of have tools that you might use to, you know, make something else of it. I don't know how it actually works. But, I mean, give us a, an example of what it allows you to do in terms of making choices. Sure. So um, a perfect example is when we're trying to decide let's say for trends. So emerging technology trends, we're looking for, okay, what is the next thing we should be investigating? Investigating, sorry. Is it artificial intelligence? Is it blockchain? Is it cryptocurrency? Is it, you know, a handful of all these other technologies that are being talked about all the time? There's so much noise going on that we, you know, using artificial intelligence, we can collect the information, distill it down, and then we can start looking at what is the most commonly spoken about tool, whether it's artificial intelligence or blockchain. And then once we've narrowed it down to what are the top two or three tools that are being talked about or technologies, we can then drill down deeper to say, are they being talked about positively and you know, from a sentiment analysis perspective? So then we can start to layer on these additional um, factors in terms of our assessment. So you know, AI is being talked about positively, Maybe uh, quantum computing uh, is not being talked about as positively. So then we're going to shift our focus to artificial intelligence for the short term because there seems to be more activity there and there's more opportunities for us to adopt a new tool. Now, once we drill down from a category perspective, we can drill down deeper into 
you know, what companies are being mentioned in the news that provide those tools? Is it Adobe? Is it Salesforce? Is it Microsoft? And then we just iterate and repeat that same process of those tools, you know, Adobe, Microsoft, um, Salesforce, which one is being talked about positively? What is the feedback there? And we can kind of iterate down from high level to more granular detail in an automated fashion. So before that wouldn't have, that would have been impossible to do from a manual perspective. Now we can automate down to really once we're getting to the point where we need to make a decision. Can I just ask you, is, is blockchain being discussed as much as it once was? Or like, can you put that in perspective? It, uh, it, it's taken a backseat right now in terms of, you know, mainstream media um, because, you know, generative artificial intelligence is at the forefront of everybody's mind based on ChatGPT and other similar competitors. But it's still a fundamental technology that, you know, uh, a lot of people are excited about. It's just not as popular right now as it used to be because ChatGPT is on everybody's mind. Yeah, it's hard to compete just just at the moment. That's that's yeah. completely fascinating. Um Obviously, languages are our patterns, and that's that's why Chat GTP is such a an amazing thing to be using, sort of within certain industries, within certain areas of universe of writing things, ultimately of researching things. What about other patterns that you see where where this is going to go in other directions? Like I'm, I'm sort of thinking of various industries that are trying to track patterns that are important to them that, that might not be a language pattern. Give give us a few cases of how else this will be used. Yeah, there's very there's been multiple kind of interesting use cases about looking at patterns from images. So, you know, one thing, you know, ESG is very popular um, right now. So there's been a lot of research that's been done on tracking um, satellite imagery and looking for patterns over time uh, as it relates to satellite imagery. So, you know, the uh, looking to see if, you know, rainforests are growing back over time or particular kind of um, ecological health indicators are, are coming up over time and, and that pattern is existing. So, for example, you know, if we're seeing a greener, um, greener, more full kind of images as it look, as we're looking at the rainforest or if we're looking at kind of, uh, you know, a mountain landscape, looking at kind of ecological patterns using satellite imagery is an interesting example of uh, applying AI to kind of look and derive information. Um, for things like ecological studies and ESG surveys where maybe it wouldn't have been applied before. Um, typically, when people are looking at patterns, they're looking at maybe stock patterns or patterns in terms of, um, you know, people calling into a call center. Typically, they might not necessarily think about looking at kind of satellite imagery to derive patterns and get insight. But, you know, with the advances in AI, those are the new things that people are looking to do. And, and uh, there's a lot of interesting use cases there. Yeah, that's fascinating. So interesting on sort of like, where that could go with with various types of industries, even in um, like old school industries, everything's going to be they have images that you would track. I don't know if it's metals and minings or all kinds of different areas of, of the overall economy. You could see how that would would come into play at some point. Um, there are probably some areas of the economy that are further ahead than others. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, another interesting example is looking at satellite imagery of actual uh, parking lots to see really? okay, retail outlets. You know, during the Christmas season, if we take continued satellite imagery over time, we can make an estimate in terms of foot traffic based on the number of cars that are going to be in a parking lot over time. So we can start to build, you know, expectations. All right. This is what the average amount of traffic in a parking lot is, um, you know, through the rest of the year. Now it's the holiday season. How does that compare? So can we start to forecast 
are the sales for retail going to be good or not? Or is it going to be, uh, you know, uh, a bit of a letdown? Additionally, if we're looking at, say, natural resources, oil and gas, I've seen a few examples of looking at oil tankers going into the port of Houston. So if you're looking at these satellite imagery of these oil tankers, you can make an estimation of the supply going into the port based on the length of the shadow that's being cast by the boat. So the heavier it is, the lower it is in the water, the shorter the shadow. So that means you can make an estimate, okay, well, based on these shadows, the supply is up, the supply is down, and then you can make a decision based on that information to do something. So those are also interesting use cases. Those are fascinating use cases. It, it makes me think about the importance of sensors everywhere. And you think of sensors everywhere when you think about driverless cars, lots of other things that have to do with the auto industry, for instance. But, but for the collection of data for the purposes of, of AI, where does where the sensors story fit into this? Is it crucial? It is. It is crucial because as in the current state of artificial intelligence, the more data generally that you have, the better. Because what initially, in a lot of cases, when we're dealing with AI, what we're setting up the AI to do is recognize patterns. And just like, you know, when we're learning as humans, we're, we're looking to recognize patterns. And the more time we see, you know, the more repeated occasions that we see something, the more we get to understand, okay, well, if this, hap this happens, then that's going to happen. And so the same thing applies when we're thinking about artificial intelligence and sensors. The more data that we have to mine through, the more likelihood, or there's a higher likelihood that we could recognize a pattern. And then that pattern could re be repeated because we have so much data. Um, and that improves the potential accuracy of an AI model. And it improves the likelihood that we'd be able to apply artificial intelligence to a particular scenario. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating how, how all of that um, will work. Again, when you, when you are collecting data from the purposes of, of, of fidelity itself, take us a bit more internally to the extent that you can. Like, what, right. what are some of the new ways things can be faster and more efficient that, that you're applying it sort of within the business. And, and you have to imagine many businesses are doing this, but um, you guys sort of take it to the forefront. So how, how is it being helpful to lives within Fidelity, would you say? Uh, in terms of how is artificial intelligence been helpful um, yeah. as it applies to the various kind of processes that we take on? Yeah. Um, it's definitely beneficial in, in a multitude of ways. So it helps us, Artificial intelligence and automation tools help us to do things not only faster, but safer. And ultimately what that translates to is, you know, making it easier for us to provide quality uh, customer experience. And it also makes it easier for the customer to interact with us. So a few examples of how we're using artificial intelligence to help um, from an operational standpoint to make things faster uh, is that we're able to, for example, these webcasts, we're looking at how do we take these webcasts, the transcripts, and process all of that information so we can get it out to people faster. Because I know a lot of people want to watch these webcasts, you know, they're waiting for it. And the, the way that we can shorten that is by generating transcripts using artificial intelligence, then processing those transcripts using artificial intelligence um, So for a faster turnaround. And then if we think about taking it to the next step, we could then translate you know, those transcripts and these webcasts into multiple different languages. So then we can then provide it to a much broader audience. In addition to that, what we can do is we can ask something like ChatGPT to summarize all of our webcasts in a given 
um, given week, let's say, summarize it all down to shorter clips. So then people can pick and choose what they want to listen to. We can consolidate it all together. So that's one of those ways where we're using artificial intelligence operationally to try and provide as much content to our clients as quickly as possible and how they want it. Um, additionally, what we're using artificial intelligence for kind of from a backend perspective is risk mitigation. So another interesting example is, um, you know, we have all of these documents that we need to QA and it's very important to make sure we're not missing, you know, a comma, a period, a word anywhere. Because editing. Of- Yay. Editing. Put it through editing. an editing. I love that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's a very labor intensive um, process. And so what we can do is we can use artificial intelligence after we've kind of vetted it the first time. We can use artificial intelligence to give it a second, third, fourth scan just to ensure that we, we've dotted our I's and crossed our T's so that we, we're kind of mitigating the risk of, you know, incorrect information getting externally or, or anything like that. You know, fact checking things on the website using artificial intelligence um, so we have kind of the external example and the internal example, both are equally valuable. That, those are, those are so helpful to sort of imagining how it's all taking place. When you, when you look, I think healthcare seems to be the, the discussion where it's been quite well telegraphed throughout, uh, the public discussion of how AI could be helpful. Um, some of it is, is kind of a, a backend side of things within, within healthcare and other, it seems to be the diagnostics. Do you find that a particularly exciting area? I want to ask you about other things that are sort of exciting within this area, but in terms of just really moving the case for humanity forward, it just seems like a pretty amazing area. Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity. You know, if we think about things like, again, if we're looking for drugs for rare diseases or various other kind of uh, cures or treatments um, in the medical field, Artificial intelligence allows us to, or we're, with artificial intelligence, we can apply it to that problem set. So maybe we can identify drugs faster. We can identify a potential cure faster. We can actually uh, use artificial intelligence to help make an assessment to make sure that people are being diagnosed with the appropriate malady or whatever it is, as opposed to a misdiagnosis. So I think it's really exciting that we can apply these processes just like anywhere else to help speed things up. Uh, especially when we're talking about healthcare, because we're talking about, you know, the health and, and safety of individuals. That's very exciting and uh, could definitely help move us forward in, you know, our treatment of various diseases and overall general health uh, of the Canadian population. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And, and obviously our healthcare system, uh, most people would, would say it needs some help. It's, 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 it's chugging along, but it needs some help. Um, Tell us a little bit about what is exciting. So you're looking at this all day, every day. You're, you're finding new areas that, that obviously will be interesting, but also applicable to what you do and what Fidelity does. What, what areas of AI would you say are, are super exciting or, or of your job generally that are super exciting right now? Sure. So I would say, you know, the most exciting thing I, I, about my job in particular is just being able to identify something new. It's always exciting. It's almost like when you wake up on Christmas morning, you come down and here's this new surprise. And you're like, you get so excited about the potential of that thing. You know, my job allows me to do that with new technology and applying it to fidelity. So that's, that's the most exciting part about my job. As we're talking about um, artificial intelligence, more specifically, let's say generative AI, because it's kind of at the forefront of everybody's minds these days. I think what's exciting is to see how we can apply it internally and externally. And Specifically, I really enjoy helping make people's lives easier. So, you know, in terms of our clients, 
you know, we have a lot of information. We have a lot of products on our websites thinking about how do we use generative AI to help us scan through all of the information on our website, find things faster. Can we use generative AI to help make recommendations that will be a perfect fit, you know, for what that client or what our customer is looking for and make that happen in a seamless fashion? Um, so that's super exciting to help kind of apply that technology to improve customer experience. And then from a back-end operations standpoint, again, you know, Generative AI helping us create more content more efficiently, uh, allowing us to kind of distribute that content to a broader audience. I think that's super exciting just because we have yet to do it. Um, so anything new and anything where we can help people, I think is super exciting. You looking around, sort of shining a spotlight on, on what you're looking at today and, and how it affects your job and, and, and will affect others' jobs. What, what do you think the education piece for, you know, for kids, but for people, it's sort of the, almost like the policy side of thing. What do you got to make sure that kids are learning in school so that they can get to a place where they can work efficiently in, in um, a place where AI is everywhere? Sure. I, I think that uh, it's a good question. And I think the reality of at least our industry and many other industries that are out there is that Technology is in this digital transformation wave is going to be applicable to everybody's job ultimately, even if it hasn't happened yet. So there's definitely a benefit to being at least somewhat aware of these new technologies and how they work at a high level, because that way you can understand, okay, what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? And how can I take advantage of these when they ultimately end up, um, you know, uh, in my job? And then for students who are entering the, the job market, you know, being able to go into an interview and say, oh, I know what artificial intelligence is. I know how we could apply it within this industry or within that role, because it helps differentiate you from potentially other people who can't do that. And it shows that you're staying on top of these technology trends and looking to apply them to your future employer or current employer. I'm looking at your art behind you. I'm kind of curious now how the art world is, is using AI, <laughs> how, they're, how they're probably using it in their incredible categorizing and curation uh, sides of things. But curation is actually a word that gets used a lot when we're talking about AI almost across the boards, isn't it? It's, it's sort of this ability to curate um, lots of different things. Is, is there an area outside of kind of finance in your job that you, that you find AI particularly interesting in? I don't know if it's art, but anywhere. Personally, I think AI has been really interesting in the entertainment industry. So if you think about yeah. it, that's what broke it open. Don't you think that uh, strike is what kind of broke it open to the greater world? And like Hollywood went on strike and everyone thought, oh my gosh, I better figure out what this is. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a bit of a mixed bag because I can understand the perspective of those people who are creative. You know, the one of the selling features of generative AI is that it helps people create and it helps kind of narrow the gap between people who maybe have minimal skill sets in terms of creative creativity and those who are ultra creative. And so a lot of, you know, I can see how people might be a bit concerned about that, but I think it also opens up a lot of opportunities because you can use AI to augment your creative streak or your creative abilities. So you can use AI on top of everything that you know to create even better works of art or different works of art that you might not have considered. Um, and then from an entertainment perspective, generating new scripts, generating new ideas, generating art. Um, you know, I, I like playing video games. So having more creative uh, interactions in terms of uh, players that you're playing against. So it opens up a wide array of opportunities. So I think, you know, that has been very impactful, not only to my life, but 
to everybody else who likes TV films and, and, and video games. Yeah. So really the scripts, like, so, I mean, how that would start from a beginning, a beginning, obviously, but it would also maybe help those that go from like a book quickly into kind of a, creating something for television or, or for movies, like you could write the script faster from, from a book situation or that kind of thing. Like it would cut that stuff out, wouldn't it? What a, a lot of the generative AI is being used in terms of, you know, creativity is ideation. So a lot of times the hardest to do is come up with a good idea. Right. And so, you know, various industries in terms of creativity are using generative AI to say, all right, well, give me 10 ideas as it relates to, you know, uh, a TV series set in North Dakota and has these main characters. Or, you know, give me an idea about a video game set in space. You know, what are the main characters doing? So it allows you to kind of help come up with ideas. And then from there, you can kind of flesh those ideas out more rapidly using generative AI. So once you have that base framework, you can say, write an introductory paragraph, you know, setting the scene for our movie or our video game. And so once you have that, you know, for somebody like me, I need something like that when I'm writing because I'm not that great at writing originally. But if I can work off, you know, a foundation, then I can kind of edit and make changes and make it into my own. Um, and so that can help accelerate the process. And so that's how... Uh, I've heard other creative industries are using generative AI to kind of yeah, come up with ideas, build off that. Yeah, it's so true that sometimes it's easier to almost edit something or, or add to something that's that's already there in, in terms of getting you going, the ideation yeah. side of things. So anything that you'd like to leave with advisors, just, you know, you're helping us learn, them learn, What what would be kind of a final thought? I would say that it's worthwhile to try and stay on top of these trends. I mean, as we talked about before, blockchain was in vogue at one point not so long ago. Then it was meta in the metaverse. And now we're talking about uh, generative AI. It's worthwhile to kind of at least read the news in you know the main, uh, main publications just to stay on top of these things because they represent opportunities, not only for your clients, but for yourself. And if you understand the technology and are able to apply it, that could be, you know, a major contributing factor to success down the road. So it always, it's always beneficial to continue to learn, continue to stay curious, and to apply these new things when possible. And John, do you read things that sort of are directly created by whatever, you know, however the media site is is arranged, or or do you actually scrape stuff to to sort of read it all together and put it together? Do you, do you read individual things, or do you make sure that you've you've gathered it? Um, through some form of AI first? So I definitely do both. So I definitely want to go to the immediate source to, to, to just make, you know, to read things for my own personal interest. Um, and then we'll also read kind of the aggregated uh, information as well, because ultimately, you know, it comes down to us as individuals to fact check the information that we're using to make these important decisions. So I want to go to the source make sure that everything looks okay because ultimately we're only as good as the information we're given. And when we aggregate things, we're losing a bit of the message every time we distill it down. So it's good to have an awareness of kind of the original as well as the consolidated version, just to make sure that, um, you know, everything looks correct and, and we're, we're using the appropriate information. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts and time and your expertise with us. It's, uh, it's great to catch up with you, John. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Connects podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Fidelity Connects on your podcast platform of choice. 
And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review or a five-star rating. Fidelity mutual funds and ETFs are available by working with a financial advisor or through an online brokerage account. Visit fidelity.ca slash how to buy for more information. While visiting fidelity.ca, you can also find information on future live webcasts. And don't forget to follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks again. See you next time. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada, ULC, or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments.